My name is Bree. That's spelled B-R-E-I. Thanks so much. Today's film commentary is going to be about a film called Kilboksum, and it has a runtime of two hours and 17 minutes, and it was released in 2023. I don't see a set rating on there, but I believe it would be rated R due to a lot of the graphics, possibly PG-13, depending. It just doesn't say, so I'm giving an estimate on the rating. The director's name is Byun Sung Hyun. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Again, I'm not fluent in Korean at all by any means of the word, but if I do mispronounce something throughout this, I have tried to go and see how it would be pronounced correctly, and I just hope that I am doing it justice. So I just wanted to preface with that before getting more into the commentary. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about this film, but I just wanted to start out by continuing on to say that I have recommended this film. I don't know that I did anything but like a brief story on TikTok or maybe it was Instagram when I did have an account for Old Soul Podcast on Instagram. Either way, I've recommended it and I have also put a rating for it on Letterboxd, but I'm not sure if anyone has really seen that or if a lot of people have seen that or if my subscribers on YouTube or people who listen solely on Spotify have seen that. And I said before when I did my video about the strikes going on for the writers and the actors that I'm going to stay away from mentioning any new releases, so anything that's new 2023 that is released in theaters and any new released K-dramas I'm going to stay away from or and I this is not specifically a K-drama it is a Korean film but I still think it would fall under that genre in a sense it's still not a show though and I mentioned that the only thing that I would do is if I had already recommended it before the strikes had started or I had already recommended it on TikTok, there was a chance that if I liked it enough, I would do a full commentary. Although, if I decided not to do that, I would just put it in a folder and do it later after like taking a photo or screenshotting or whatever I said. And so what I will be doing is doing a commentary over this film. I don't remember when it came out, but it was pretty recent, uh, maybe February or March of 2023. It is not a K-drama, it is a South Korean film. Unfortunately, it was released on Netflix and I have a little beef with Netflix and a lot of the details I already discussed in that Let's Talk video about the strike. So you can always go back and preface that and listen to that if you want more context. But ultimately, I'm going to be talking about this film because I really enjoyed it. It's definitely gonna be on my top like best films of the year. And I really want to break down this film because I was just thinking about it a lot. I figured I'd do a commentary. I've already recommended it, so it falls under that category. And I'm probably, this might be the last 2023 thing that I talked about in terms of like when it came out. A lot of the newer stuff that's been coming out and has been really good seems like a diamond in the rough. It seems like it's kind of hard to find those films until recently, you know, with the release of Barbie and all these other films that are coming out, Spider-Man and being very good. But I just 
really wanted to talk about this film, so I just wanted to sort of get context there and let you know that I'm still going to be doing a lot of older commentary during the strike and, and definitely even after because I just like older films. But this film is just kind of in the gray area of I've recommended it, I was thinking about it, I'm definitely going to, it's going to be on like one of the best films I've seen this year and I think it deserves a full video and it was something I recommended in the past and I'm going to extend on that although I don't always do that and a lot of times when I do recommend it it's because I'm not in the mood to definitely do a full video and I might come back to it and this just happened to be the case for this film so yeah now that we've talked about that I will get into the film and of course I'm going to start with basically topics and I'm going to try to branch off those topics because that seems to be working a lot easier for me but there's a lot going on in this film so if there are things that I miss or things that I talk about that aren't necessarily in a specific sequence please forgive me you know that's not entirely the goal of my commentary it's really just to talk about things that stood out give you a little bit of context to what the film is about and maybe delve and dive into things that I think branches out in a way that maybe you don't see with your first or even second watch and just go from there. So basically this is a film about a woman whose name is Gil Boxum and basically she has had a pretty hard life. Her dad had a lot of, well, some sort of power because it looked like he had worked for the police or something in that sort of category of industry or of work. And he was physically abusive. You could see like marks on her neck and things like that. And a few flashbacks of her looking like she gotten, she'd gotten beaten up. And basically her dad was just to, to not a good dad. Let's just say that. Even though we didn't get a lot of it, what we did see of him wasn't really stellar. And you can see that she might not be entirely right in the head when we see a few flashbacks of how she met a certain other character who was also a main character. But basically the first scene we get of Boksun outside of her childhood, I just wanted to kind of start with her childhood because you can get a little more context even though the film does not go in that sequence. We have a fighting scene. And I think what's really interesting about the film is that they not only start with a fighting scene, they don't really gear you up for anything, they're just in that moment. We see what type of person she is in general just through this scene. So she's fighting this like well-known fighter in his own right. I believe he's Japanese just because they're speaking Japanese and they're speaking Korean in this scene and he's talking about you know your honor and he picks a sword as his choice of weapon and Boksun is sort of playing games with him but you know she lets him pick a weapon she picks sort of like this smaller I don't want to call it a hammer but it's, it's smaller than the sword and it has a blade or whatever, but it, it has sort of like a hammer type motion when you would use it, but it's definitely bigger than a hammer. Anyway, they pick their own weapons. She's trying to play fair with him, but still she basically kidnapped him, threw him in the middle of like the road and then was like, hey, we're going to fight. <laughs> and right away, you can tell that they're both probably in an industry that's not really upstanding. 
And he even says, like, oh, you're that, like, well-known lady who's, like, this well-known assassin or whatever. And I guess you could call them contract killers, assassins. It's in that realm. That's what she does. And she basically has to follow the orders of this organization. But they're called MK. And she was basically recruited when she was a young girl by the now CEO and owner of that org whose name is Chairman Cha, and they met when he was supposed to kill her dad and make it look like a suicide, and in the process of him trying to kill her dad, she showed up from school a little bit earlier. I think she just didn't go to one of the classes that she was supposed to go to, and the guy has a gun behind her head. They're talking to each other, and she says something about, like, are you going to kill my dad? Are you going to kill me? Something like that. I don't really remember the dialogue, but it was really kind of eerie-ish on both ends. The guy killing her dad and her watching him and not really helping him. Which, on one end, he's her abuser, so you get it. But you can tell there's something more there that isn't just her being abused for a long time and hating her father. But maybe she might be a psychopath. I haven't decided yet. I still think she's an interesting character. I just, she's not a good character. And really something you're going to see throughout the film is none of them are really good. You don't really root for any of the characters because they're good, except for maybe her daughter that you'll see later. But other than that, it's just like they're entertaining, they're interesting because they're crazy and they have really, really good fighting skills. Like that's really all this film is outside of the very obvious political uh, efforts in this film that don't feel like propaganda, but just kind of feel like the crazy dog-eat-dog -dog world that we live in. So, yeah, that happens. And you see the dad strolling on the chair and the guy kind of has his gun to her. Well, he does have his gun to her head, the chairman Cha, who wasn't a- I don't know if he was a chairman at the time, but whatever. He says something about, oh, this, this kind of sucks that you showed up. I have a little sister myself and you're, you're a kid and you see later that it's kind of his rule to not harm minors or children whatever morals that he has which like how do you even have morals you're a, you're an assassin and anyway she pushes the chair from under her own father causing him to fall and basically die because he has like a noose over his neck and the guy who was originally there was trying to make it look like suicide so yeah and then she turns around and she smiles and the guy who was actually originally there as a hitman or an assassin or whatever puts his gun down and he's just kind of obsessed with her from that point on. And you see that throughout the film that Chairman Chaw is absolutely obsessed and in love, whatever love means to him, with Boksum. And Boksum, I can't really figure out what she feels about him. I want to say she respects him. I want to say she's thankful that he got her out. But another part of me thinks that that's very performative of her and she kind of knew that this was the way that she was going to survive and it was better than what she was going through. And the only time she really shows any emotion is when she's around her daughter. So I really don't know what to say about that except that I'm just giving you the details of the film, right? Okay, so back to the original beginning scene, fight scene with the other hitman. So they're fighting, 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 fighting and Buksu does this thing where she analytically thinks in her mind and sees the scene playing out in her head before things happen. And this happens a lot in the film and I think it's a really nice way to show how analytical fighters are. How can I counteract that attack and how can I counteract that attack? 
and what can I do if I'm in this situation? But she's really vividly seeing it in her head. And once she's seen that, oh, that way's not going to work, she starts walking back toward the, the van that she came in and the guy lets her because he's under the impression that he's gonna win, you know, he's really talking, he's confident. He thinks and feels and in his head knows that he's better than her and that she's going to play fair. And the thing about it is, Boksu isn't necessarily caring about playing fair. She wants to win. The outcome is to win. The outcome is to succeed. And so when the camera turns back after he's talking to himself while he thinks she's listening, I suppose, she shoots him with a gun. And takes him out. And that's that. She's deducted, oh, I can't beat him this way. Or maybe I could, but it would be a lot of work in the situation that he had me in versus, you know, he picked the sword, I picked this. I'm bored now, I'm gonna shoot him. And he's done. And the job's done. But I don't think she technically was supposed to do that, but she did. Okay, whatever. And she leaves, and then you hear about it on the news later, and so on and so forth. And I think this scene is really, really interesting, and this is why I'm talking about it before I get into the topics and the themes. Because it shows that Buxun's going to do whatever fits her needs. She's going to do whatever will give her the outcome that she wants. Fairness isn't something that exists in the world because not everyone has the same starting point. Therefore, why should she care? Right? That's, that's just what it is, right? And this is already a, a dirty industry she's in. Who cares? It's sort of just like, okay, I'm done now. I'm gonna win. And if we're being honest, you know, some people could say, well, it's not fair. He's a guy, she's a woman, but she's like one of the best fighters in her industry. And I think a lot of people, especially men, will look down on women because they automatically feel that they are smarter than them. But something that comes up in the film a lot is finding the person's weakness and then using it to your advantage. And sometimes you don't have the time to find their weakness. And, you know, they have all their rules amongst their own industry that's dark and basically evil and terrible. But every industry has their rules and almost all of those rules get broken. So it's just like this sort of cycle and we're seeing it right off the bat in this sort of jam-packed, interesting fight scene. Who Buxun is in a way, what she does how she calculates, what's her end goal. And I think the entirety of who she is is in that scene in a lot of ways, besides the part about her daughter, which we see later in the film. So interesting. I just wanted to start off with that. So I think the topic that arises with this first scene and why I talked about this first scene is the, the discussion of morals and values from right and wrong and, you know, people's morals vary and it's often, it often depends solely on your wants or your best interest at the expense of others. That's how it always works until they are not so good situations for the people affected, right? So she just thought about herself on that scene and you see with a lot of these characters that that's basically all they ever really care about. Boksu will do whatever it takes to get what she wants, but her daughter is often her conscience. Not fitting into a nice little box, coming across as rude and difficult, at least at the start of the film. So right after that, we do see Boksu with her daughter. I think she goes grocery shopping or something. 
Anyway, you see that her only sense of morality and value lies with her daughter. And I think the thing about morals and values is that it doesn't really matter. They matter because it's supposed to be like you thinking about your conscience, you thinking about others, you doing the quote unquote right thing. But I think the gray area of this whole idea of morals and values is that that doesn't matter if the person who enacts certain actions or verbal words doesn't believe in those values and doesn't believe in those morals. And often that's because if it doesn't affect them in a positive way or in a good opportunity, they don't care who they have to run over to get that. That's why we have exploitation and capitalism and so on and so forth. That's why I think this film is pretty political. But I just feel like morals and values would work if most people had a conscience, if it affected people more when they hurt people, but that isn't the case. Your morals are solely based off of your idea, how it affects you and your values. So that's a gray area, I think. But I do think that her daughter makes her question things like, what am I, am I a good mom? What does it mean to be a mom? What am I doing wrong? You know, why is my kid so rude to me? Why doesn't my kid talk to me? And then we kind of, kind of feel that it's because she doesn't really talk to her daughter. Her daughter kind of knows that she's lying to her. Her daughter's keeping stuff from her, so on and so forth. But it is the tiny bit of human, humanity that we see from the daughter that is enacted out of Boksun. That That's the only time we really see her in reality, I suppose, whatever that means. Because <laughs> everyone's reality is different, right? Okay, so it also brings some more questions like, is her job ethical? She's doing work or otherwise labor to make money to sustain herself, which technically should be okay, right? But she's harming people. I would say it's not ethical. And it's illegal. And it's very, very dark and dangerous. Ugh, yeah, it's crazy. It's entertaining in a fictional sort of way, but outside of that, it's really crazy, right? And then what's, uh, why is that not going to matter in business terms of supply and demand? So why does, why do morals and values not matter in business? Because the outcome isn't about anything but profit. Supply and demand. If there is a demand for hitmen and assassins, there will always be a supply. If there is a demand for anything, there will always be a supply, and it doesn't matter how they have to get it, as long as they profit off of it. I mean, that is how business works. That's why this is happening, right? So the debate of the morals and values, again, mean nothing, because that isn't the, the goal, that isn't the care, that isn't anything that anyone cares about, genuinely. Okay. And I think ultimately, just with this scene and this topic, this world was not built on fairness. There are issues of experience, race, gender, money, disabilities, etc. You'd have to completely destroy the system, which is not what those on top want. So the battle itself of Boksu fighting that man, fairness is never really going to happen. You'd have to take someone's experience, you know, you'd have to take someone's start line to really measure if this is a really fair fight. 
and it never is. <laughs> so, yeah, and then you have to, you know, take their experiences, the trauma, the mental illness. It's just never going to be fair. And oftentimes things are not fair because they don't want to implement the money and the tools and the resources to make stuff fair for everyone and accessible to everyone. So there you go. Okay, so another theme that comes up is Boksu in a lot of this film outside of the small breaks of the fighting scenes and the beautiful cinematography and her sort of analytical mind thinking about all the ways that she could beat someone and these small outskirt moments of her with her lover who I'll get into later. The main thing and I think the thing that slows down the pace of the film just a bit is her daughter's life and her life her pretending to be like this mom the single well she is a single mom but she I think she lies to them and says she's in events which is why she travels so much but it's not that she's in events and I think her daughter knows that she's lying and later she does find out what her mom does but you know she goes to like these meetings where all these other moms brag about their kids and you can tell that they're looking down on her but why should she care she has a group of people that she meets up with but they're not necessarily friends they're really competition they are all contract killers from companies that are not as big as MK and a lot of the MK org leaders as well as all these other quote-unquote leaders meet up but really MK has all the power but they pretend to care about what other people think and they kind of appease them just to keep them quiet but really they do mostly what they want and they lie and they break some of their own rules sometimes at the expense of money, right? And getting what they want and keeping power and scaring the others. And these other leaders, like uh, there's a sergeant who really tries to combat and go against uh, the MK chairman, Cha. He really is kind of over it. Like he has guys that depend on him, which seems like they're more like two bit, like smaller gangsters who probably don't make mo enough money and you can see that the people that Boksu hangs around at this little restaurant it's kind of run down but it and apparently she likes it there and it's quiet and they talk to each other but you can tell that they all are very envious of her and they all just kind of suck up to her until something happens obviously that I'll get into but yeah so there's that concept that's basically the movie it's like fight scene her personal life with her daughter, a lot of scenes of the daughter, and other things that we find out that I think I'll get into eventually. Uh, I think I'll talk about it now just because. So in between all the chaos going on, and I'm going to break into it when I talk about some of these characters, but her daughter is in a relationship with another girl, so she's gay, and there's a moment where she comes out to her mom and her mom doesn't really have the best reaction, and I don't think the daughter's really surprised by that. But she does slowly sort of lean into it. She clearly loves her daughter, and they're going to figure it out or whatever. But the daughter's in this relationship with this other really well-known, pretty, popular, rich girl. and But this girl already has a boyfriend, so there's some issues there for obvious reasons. But there's this guy who's been trying to ask her out and she keeps ignoring him and I think he's a friend of her current girlfriend's boyfriend which again is again confusing but it's what's going on and he basically tries to blackmail the daughter by saying you know he has a video of the daughter and her girlfriend kissing 
and he threatens and says, basically, I'm going to out you if you don't go on a date with me or whatever. And she gets so livid, right, that she, like, stabs him in the neck with a pair of scissors, which is pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. That was, like, her first reaction. I might grant it. He's wrong for trying to out her. But violence being her first reaction is a little scary. And something so violent. And not even, like, a slap or a punch. Like, scissors in the neck near an artery. That's wild. But anyway, she does that, and then the mom shows up, and she even has a fight with the chairman, Cha, because she was with him at the time at this, like, restaurant, and they were talking, and he makes a a remark, like, oh, mother, like, daughter, daughter, like, mother, whatever, and she gets really mad by that. Like, the idea of her daughter being like her scares her. Like, she doesn't want that for her daughter, which, understandably so, and you can tell that she's trying to act like a normal mom, sending her kid to the best school, living uh, in a nice area driving a nice car she wants different for her daughter and being a single mom I'm sure that's even more something that she's trying to hit home with but all these other questions arise and things like that she talks to her daughter but her daughter doesn't really talk to her eventually she tells her what they really fought about for but for a long time she wouldn't tell her what really happened and so on and so forth and that's how she comes out to her mom and they do get closer by it from this but again these are other things that are happening while she's stimulously like going on these missions, I guess you could call them, hit missions for MK at the time. And I'll get a little bit into that as I break into this next concept of power and control. So no one can be trusted in this industry. The issue with power is that it can be leveled against you rather quickly. You need eyes behind your head. Again, it feels like everyone's performing for each other. You can't trust anyone, even, you know, your own company, because why would you? They would be ready to discard you as soon as you become an inconvenience for them. And you can see that a lot of people do not like Boksul. And even the people that like her really want her as a weapon, a tool. They like the idea of her. They like proximity to her. They like access to her. But do they really like her? I don't think so. And I think she uses them in the same way and performs in the same way because that's exactly what she's getting. And I think they, in a lot of ways, realize that as well. You see that Chairman Cha is really trying to get her to renew her contract because her current contract with MK Org is about to be up. And he's really trying to find ways and jump hoops to keep her. And then his younger sister hates Buxul. I think she's jealous of the attention that she gets from her brother and mostly because he would literally do anything for her it seems but he's also very manipulative, vindictive, creepy, and abusive. I don't like him at all and the sister's just as I oh god she's just as chaotic and I feel like her obsession with her brother is really sick in a lot of ways and the way that she's obsessed with everything that has to do with Boksu and her brother. Like she doesn't have her own identity. Like she lives to be a villain against Boksu. Which is really stupid because I haven't seen a scene where in the film where you actually see the sister fight so I don't really know what her skills are. But Boksu can kill people. Like she is an assassin and I just feel like making an assassin your enemy literally because you're jealous of them and picking at them and picking at them was like the dumbest thing that that the sister of the chairman Cha could do. And I'm just like, girl. And anyway, it doesn't end well for her. So, 
It doesn't end well for anyone except for Boksu. So, <laughs> um, and I'll get into that in a minute, but everyone is for themselves, but they still need access to each other in order to exploit each other. There can be no one at the top without those on the bottom. As you can see, that's why there's that whole group meeting that they have with the other leaders who they don't necessarily care about, but they need kind of. So I feel like that's why they pretend that it's a democracy when it's not. <laughs> and then often leaders or those will act as if they need no one, but that's not true, is it? They might not care about anyone else besides themselves or those who make their lives better, etc. But no one can do anything alone, and that's a fact. And that's true. They need you know, higher-ups to hire them so that they have money, supply and demand. They need, you know, the gangsters to show up and, you know, they have a cleaning crew to come in and clean up the scene or stage the scene, which is actually a job that they have in their little industry. So, and it's not actually little, it's probably really huge. They even have young recruits who probably have gone through some trauma or have no other choice, and they're raising them, basically grooming them to be killers. It's so scary, and actually Boksu runs into one of them, and I'll get into details on that. But that's just another side of just like how dark this can go and has gone. Uh, we have the newbie Youngji, or Youngji, but she ends up being thrusted into this world because she was a trainee, and they, uh, the jealous sister wanted Boksu to show her skills in front of the trainees that really look up to her because obviously she's like their best fighter and she fights the young trainee and wins and they use like markers to mark where they would be hit if they were actually using real weapons and again she was taunted by the sister so on and so forth and that happens and it's a really interesting scene but again it just shows how annoying the sister is like why are you being so annoying and then we have the lover slash co-worker Hee-sung, who occasionally they, uh, Boksu and him sleep together, and they talk about things, like, in their personal lives, they meet up, like, oh, his dad is sick or whatever, and I think she helps him out sometimes. And, I don't know, I just feel like their relationship is very transactional, like, a lot of their relationships, a lot of the relationships are in this film, so I don't really know how to feel about that. And then I already talked about the sister. But she's really out to get Boksu, and in a way she tries to do that in so many avenues, creating unnecessary enemies for Boksu just to try to get her out of there. And now we have another higher kill for this young, recent graduate whose dad is like a political figure. And they're going through some sort of scandal at the time. And Chairman Cha basically says, you know, I need you to take this guy down. And he's really young and they have like a moral code of like you can't go after minors or whatever. He's like, oh no, he's like older. It's like, okay. And then he doesn't really give her a lot of details. He gives her like just enough to make her kind of suspicious of it. And basically, and please let me know if I'm wrong, but I got the impression that the father was using his son as a scapegoat for the real things that he was being accused of that had some factual weight to them and he used his son by trying to set someone up to kill his son make it look like a suicide so that he could get away what he was doing with what he was doing and Boksu was the one who was supposed to kill the kid 
but I think after Boksung realized that like this is just so stupid and why am I going to kill this kid so that his terrible fucking father can just get away with whatever the fuck he's doing and why the fuck is he trying to kill his kid just all these things so she refuses to kill him which is not something you're allowed to do and she even takes a trainee with her I guess it was like a learning experience whatever and she makes a lot of mistakes on this mission too which she usually doesn't do you could say it's because she had someone with her there's so many reasons but ultimately she doesn't finish the job and it really messes things up you could say and basically she says to mk the org and the chairman like i'll renew my contract if you forget this ever happened right i don't have any repercussions for not doing the job and you make sure that no one else does this job either and he tells her fine i'll cover it up but they do have a fight right and he ends up killing that newbie to use her as a scapegoat for a lot of the things that Boksu didn't do and for his sister who ultimately goes off and puts a hit on Boksu right she she puts a hit on her and it's just to spite her because she's mad that she gets to break all these rules and her brother keeps trying to protect her so on and so forth and now she's like not doing what the org wants her to do and she can see her brother trying to you know cover that up so that he can keep her there with a new contract all these things and then all these other people are just innocently getting killed because all these other people want to keep moving the chess pieces it's so crazy and it's terrible terrible and ultimately we get into this aspect of the fight scenes and i'll talk about that toward the end but we have this topic of we create our own delusional reality and I said delusional reality because reality, what even is reality, right? So yes, this is our reality, but something could happen to change your entire life. You, our lives are so fragile. We are under so much restraint. There isn't any real freedom because we're so dependent on the government and money and things like that. So I really find reality to be delusional because nothing about it is real it's just concepts and labels and words that have been created to put things in certain boxes so that society can run a certain way and like yeah that'd be great if like society was running like a utopia or if everyone had all their necessary needs met but they don't so in a way we're all creating our own false realities Boksu's reality has always been hard since her childhood and now fighting and killing adds to that. But in order to create some normalcy for her daughter, she tries to fit in as a single working mom with the other assumably housewives, tries to understand her daughter from the perspective of her youth and her being gay and situations that she's going through while her mother's not telling her things. And while never truly feeling like she can be herself, Except for maybe a little bit you see the cracks when she's with that uh, newbie trainee and with her daughter, sometimes. But especially toward the end. Boksu doesn't even really have friends. We see a scene that depicts just how desperate her lover and friends are to take her spot with Yor. So, after the sister puts out the hit on her, Boksu is at this restaurant and she was with the newbie after they failed to do that job. 
And the newbie is scared because she's, you know, she even shows up at Boksu's house at some point, which again, her reality getting crashed with her actual reality, like her job and her fake reality. What's really reality? Who knows? It's false. All of it's false. But she shows up and then Boksu takes the newbie to that restaurant that she always goes to. And it just so happens that while they're all eating and talking and playing nice, that that's when the chairman's sister puts the hit on Boksu, letting them know like they can be part of the org if they kill her and so they all try to kill her it's a really really intense and crazy scene but it's quite entertaining and then the newbie jumps in to try to help Boksu because she knows what really went down when they were there to some extent right and I think she really trusts her someday and I mean why would you go against her she's like the badass right <laughs> and anyway they get out alive but not without a few scratches but all the people that Boksu killed, who, by the way, tried to kill her first. So in this instance, it is self-defense. And none of them are good people, but still. Uh, neither is she, I suppose. But no, she's definitely not a good person. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she gets out. But all those people were contract killers who are going to have to be answered for. And that is what really creates the problem and ultimately like i said before the the newbie gets killed by the chairman because he uses her as a scapegoat to cover up what his sister set up so buxu basically is like and he even like tries to threaten buxu physically buxu is like look i gave you my terms after i failed that mission and you failed if you give me up you'll have to give up your sister which you won't do and she says that knowing that he won't do that because he always protects his sister, but he protects Boksu just as much, so he's not going to do that. So he uses the newbie, which I don't think Boksu expected. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. But he kills the newbie when Boksu leaves and uses her as a scapegoat for whatever happened. And, of course, lies about other things and he ends up killing one of the sergeant leaders of the smaller gangster groups. To prove a point and all that goes on and yeah it's just it's wild by the end the daughter finds out what her mom really does even though they've gotten closer she didn't really know what her daughter did her mom did and Boksu has really tried to keep that part of her, her life away from her daughter but it's really just like everything's falling apart and you can see Boksu sort of cracking a little bit when she's like crying in the restroom turning the water on so her daughter can't hear her so on and so forth and her daughter thinks she's in the CIA which I guess isn't a far reach but it's still not what she does right and the Boksu goes to seek revenge she kills the sister Chairman Cha's sister with a pen might I add which is just like yeah that that sister really had it coming I really don't understand why she was so threatened by her because she, her brother gave her basically everything that she wanted. Anyway, she died. Boksu killed her with a pin. And then Boksu and Chairman, they end up fighting. Boksu wins the fight. And basically, when at, before when she killed the sister, she had someone send the pin with blood on it to him as like a threat. Like, you're next. And also, I did that shit and I'm owning it. And that's like one of his like ultimate forms of, he even says in the film, like, if you want to fight me then send me a knife with blood on it or something like that and she did that in a different form and he found his sister dead so there's that and ultimately 
she goes to his office and most of that fight scene was just her analyzing how she could or would not win the fight and in most case scenarios she did not she would not win the fight but she knew although she's a great fighter she knew that his weakness was her and he knew that his weakness was her and he knew that her weakness was her daughter and she knew that too but she realized that a little too late because i think he knew he was going to die and she ended up killing him with like one slice but he ended up killing whatever reality she had with her daughter by having one of his men send live video footage of her killing him to the daughter before i start talking about some of my favorite scenes which this is one of them uh is the chairman the father of Boksu's daughter it does you never really hear anything you see how obsessed he is with her and how she does seem to have some sort of loyalty to him at some point until we get a little bit in the middle and the end of the film so that's a question that comes up and then besides that it's just like why the sister is so obsessed with him well don't like her and I don't like him either, but ugh, yeah, but that's a big question. Like, did she just have some rendezvous with one random guy and never met him again? Or was he the father? And there are reasons why you question that. Like, there's a moment when the chairman, like, is at waiting on her, talking to her on the phone, and he sees people with their kids, and he's just kind of reminiscing. And he always asks about the daughter. He even talks to the daughter on the phone at one point. Just stuff like that that really makes you wonder. I don't think it really matters, but... It is interesting to find out why he wasn't a father, if she made it mandatory that he would stay away, things like that, why she gets so mad when he says certain things, you know, interesting. Okay, but that's basically how it ends. Obviously, and it is, to watch it, it's much cooler than just me describing it, but it's still kind of awesome. <laughs> okay, so some of my favorite scenes I've already talked about, so if I've already described them, I'm just going to say which ones are my favorite scenes, so maybe when you watch it, you can really keep your eyes glued for those specific scenes. Um, but if I didn't already talk about it in detail, then I will get into detail, but I probably have already talked about it. So the scene at that food joint with the smaller contract killers who basically were trying to kill Boksu because there was a hit on her by a chairman's sister, that is one of my favorite scenes. I've already talked about it, so we'll move on. Boksu and the chairman's fight, even though most of it was just in her head, very good scene and the daughter going back to school okay so since we're at the conclusion and i'll get to the conclusion and the quote segment the daughter has a scene after the movie is over and they're basically in credits where she goes back to the school and she walks into the classroom and pretends like oh yeah i just wanted to say bye even though she's already been expelled she's not supposed to be there but she shows up anyway and she basically hugs the her ex-girlfriend and was like you know, I really wanted to kill you, but I thought I probably shouldn't or something like that. Or I'll hug you instead. I didn't know if I wanted to kill you or kiss you or something like that, she says. And it's kind of scary that she shows up out of nowhere and she says that. And then she walks off and then her ex-girlfriend kind of smiles like it's funny to her or whatever, but it kind of creeped me out. And then she walks in the hallway and she passes by the guy who she originally stabbed with scissors. And you can see the bandage on his neck. And she taps her neck and smiles at him and then walks away. So I think the, the reason why this is one of my favorite scenes is because it's at the end credits and you almost could have missed it. So it's like, why did they do that? <laughs> Good thing I let the credits roll a lot of the time at the end. Um, but also, it's just because it's sort of like 
The question is how much like her mother is she? Especially now that she knows who her mom is. Really who her mom is. And I think the mom throughout the film has always been worried about how much is my daughter like me? So that is very ambiguous. Or is it? You know? So, hmm. So, in conclusion, this film is very political in my opinion, but it's wrapped in entertaining fight scenes with the main character who's pretty badass and very analytical in her choices, specifically when fighting, while being surrounded by people who are full of themselves and act as though they are invincible, although she does too. They often try to humble her and want her to be insecure, but her daughter is the reminder that she needs to keep going, I suppose. Cha found her weakness and she found his and the power dynamic really changed or was it ever really him in power or was she just playing along? Another thing I just wanted to add while we're in this conclusion section is that I do love this film and I do think it is one of the best films of 2023 like I had said before. Besides the whole situation with wondering who the father is, that's something I wish that we could delve into a little more or something that could possibly be a sequel to this film or a part two. The one thing that I did not like about this film was the odd and confusing relationship between the chairman Cha and his younger sister. Sometimes I forgot that they were even related just by some of the body language and things that were going on, which you'll see in the film. And anyway, I just feel like using that to sort of make it seem that they're both psychotic in a way, I guess could be an angle that the director is using. But I just feel like using, it seemed like incestual, I'm just gonna say, and that's really sick. And I just feel like when directors use stuff like that as a plot device, and it just feels like it's kind of thrown together. And it's just one of those things that we just could go without having, obviously, for obvious reasons. And so I'm just going to say that. I wish it wasn't there. I do like the sister as sort of the obsessive, jealous, power-hungry person. But anything outside of that, I just feel like was unnecessary and uncomfortable. And it didn't even need to be in the plot for the film to be good. So I would really love if the director hadn't put that in there. Alright, and so my final moments, I will just give you the tagline of the film, A Life of Lies Can Kill. Oh, 